Well, uh, last week we began this new series of messages called Scary Prayers where we're talking about the most difficult things that you and I can pray to God. Prayers that have the greatest potential to bring change in our lives and prayers that we know that God would want to answer in our lives. Yet many go through their lives and they never pray these prayers because they are scary. They're difficult to pray. But hopefully that won't be true of you. Hopefully through this series you'll be praying these prayers with us and you'll be stretching yourself and allowing God to work in and through your life. Last week we started out this series by looking at the prayer Search Me. And we talked about what it would look like if we just truly spent time before God and we just opened up before God and we said, God, show me what you see. And in those moments as we pray that prayer, God reveals to us those areas that he wants to work in our lives and to bring change and to help us take steps closer to him. But if we, if, we, if we stop there, if we only pray, search me, but we never go beyond that, I think we're missing out on something. And so today we're going to add to that by praying this simple prayer, but this difficult prayer, mold me, mold me. By the way, if, um, you know, throughout this series, we've been using our texting line. It's on the back of your program, but I'm also going to throw it on the screen here. If you can think of a time when you sense that God has molded you or been trying to mold you in your life, I'd love to hear about it. Feel free to text me on that line, and um, maybe I'll use some of your comments or your thoughts in a later service here during this series. But I'd love to hear a little bit from you and learn from you about what you're getting from this series, and maybe what God's done even before this series began. Now, there's this interesting picture that God has for us that he carries throughout the storyline of the Bible. And it's this um, picture of us that God paints in the Old Testament and in the New Testament as dirt, or as clay pots. It's a story that we see begin in the book of Genesis when God created the first man. And God says he created us out of the dirt of the ground, right? And then in the following chapter, it says that as a result of the sin of man, that this relationship is broken. And then God makes that famous saying. He says, you started as dirt and to dirt you will return. You know, it's humbling to think that the human body has the same basic elements in it as a lump of clay. But it's true. And even the ancient followers of God, like Job, knew it, and he he talked about it. The cool thing is, though, that the Bible says that God puts within these clay pots this treasure. And basically what we see in Scripture is that God puts a soul in there, and he gives it life to show his all-surpassing power and greatness. It's pretty incredible when you think about it. And that, that soul, that, that treasure, God wants to constantly mold and shape into the perfect design that he intends you and I to be. All of our sins, those, those cracks, those imperfections, those impurities, God slowly wants to work out of us over time. And here's what I want us to see this morning. God, is all, God always sees you and me as a work in progress. And he's molding you and I into a masterpiece as long as we stay malleable. And guess what? When, when I pray, mold me, Lord, I'm saying, God, I know I have imperfections in my life and I want you to fix them. God, I know that molding means that you're going to stretch me, that you're going to squeeze me, that you're going to mold me in some uncomfortable ways and it's going to be painful and it's going to hurt. But God, don't stop. Don't let me go. Don't leave me alone. It's praying, God, it's okay if you want, I want what you want for me. 
I want you to make me into a masterpiece. You know, it's a prayer that one woman here at Grace prayed many years ago as she was sitting in a courtroom going through her own divorce proceedings. It was a very traumatic time in her young life. And she just said she remembered sitting there in that courtroom thinking her life was over when she heard God whisper, why don't you pray to let me mold you into something beautiful? At that time, she also looked at herself and she saw that she, she said, I was grossly overweight. She said, I was so overweight that I was having to take high blood pressure medication. My heart was constantly racing. And she said, I just felt like God was breaking me as a young woman in my 20s to help me realize that God had better things in store for me. But then she said to herself, how in the world could I actually pray that prayer? Because I don't know what God's going to do to me. And you know, molding, that, what, if, what if God does, this, what, if, what if this process is painful for me and asks me to change some things that I don't want to change? Mold me. Mold me. It's, it's a scary prayer. And I wonder this morning how many of you are seriously willing to pray it. Mold me, God. You and I, we're both, we're all a work in progress, right? Especially, especially you, you're really a piece of work. I'm just saying. You know, we're, we're far from perfect. But let me ask you this morning, how important is it to you on this journey that you're on that you become the person, the vessel that God created you to be, that God intends for you to be? How important is that to you? Because I, I can honestly say there are many people, there are many Christians who are alive today who will never pray that prayer and who have no desire for God to mold or to shape them. They're just fine like they are. But this morning, if you're willing to go there with me, if you're willing to at least explore the idea of allowing God into your life, more than just to save you, but to mold and shape you into the masterpiece that He wants you to be, I want to encourage you to turn with me to Jeremiah chapter 18 in the Old Testament. We're going to spend just a few minutes there this morning. Jeremiah 18. And as you're turning there, let me just give you a little bit of background. This guy, Jeremiah, he was a prophet who uh, spoke for God some 2,600 years ago, a long time ago. And he lived in a time where it was a corrupt and godless generation that was among them. And people back then weren't praying, search me or mold me. They were doing their own thing. They weren't even following God. God actually used Jeremiah in Jeremiah 17, which was a chapter before the one we're looking at today, to say, God was saying to the people, listen, you don't even take the Sabbath day seriously. This day that I've set apart to spend time with you, this time I've set aside for, to, for you to rest, you're just working and do, doing your day-to-day things like any other day. And so God has just used Jeremiah to speak to the people in a powerful way about, about the Sabbath day and spending time with God. And then God says, Jeremiah, okay, here's the deal. I want you to just leave. I want, actually, I want you to go to the potter's shop in town I have something that I want to show you. So Jeremiah chapter 18, starting in verse 1. Listen to what happens here. It says, The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah. He said, Go down to the potter's shop, and I will speak to you there. So I did as he told me, and I found the potter working at his wheel. But the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped. So he crushed it into a lump of clay again and started over. Then the Lord gave me this message. O Israel, can I not do to you as this potter has done to the clay? As the clay is in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand. 
So what we're seeing here is that God's explaining to Jeremiah that God is the potter in the potter's shop. And you and I, we are the clay. Now, why, why do you think Jeremiah's getting, why do you think God's getting Jeremiah's attention in this way? What do you think it is that God's wanting Jeremiah to see here? I think, I think what we're going to see here this morning as we look closely at these verses, he's try, God's trying to help, he's trying to show Jeremiah and he's trying to show in you and I that he has us up on this potter's wheel and he's trying to make us into a masterpiece. And there's two key things that he, I pull out of this that I think is really helpful for us to see today. The first one is this, that God is constantly at work at the potter's wheel with you and I. God, he never stops with you and I. Jeremiah went to the potter's shop as God directed him, and he's seeing the potter busy at work, spinning the wheel and and molding the clay. The potter's wheel likely would have been two wheels. There would have been one wheel near his feet where he would pump the wheel, and it would be tied in with a... uh, by a pedestal, and then the top wheel would be spinning, and he would be using, the power would be using his hands as the wheel turns to mold and to shape and to form this clay with, into exactly the design that he intended this clay to be. Isaiah spoke about this in his, in, uh, his book as well. Isaiah said, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you're the potter. We are all formed by your hand. It shows a picture about how God is constantly molding and shaping his people, his, his clay. What I think is so neat about this example is that no two pots are the same, right? When a potter is forming something, it's not like he's using a die or a mold or a cast, and they're all identical. God intentionally, uniquely forms each and every one of us as a vessel that he is going to use with his strong hands. And he carefully, lovingly finds each flaw, each imperfection, each weak spot in the clay. And he sets out to fix those flaws. And that is God's passion and his joy. Ephesians says he started out with a plan for each one of us long ago. And as we surrender, as as we yield to him, he's working us on the wheel. And you know, there are some seasons in life when this work that God is doing with us on the potter's wheel, it's pretty easy. In fact, we may not even realize that God is doing it. God is gently molding and shaping us, and we're fairly malleable at some times in our lives, and we don't even realize that the potter's doing his work. You know, for me, this, a perfect example of that has been my life in the last five or six years since I've been here at Grace. I, I know without a shadow of a doubt that God has been using you in my life to shape and mold me. As I have prayed for you, as I have led you, God has been doing this work. And it's not like I can point back to this specific incident and say, oh, that's when God did it. No, it's been a slow process over six years. And I can look back to who I was six years ago, and I know I'm not the same person. And I owe that in part to you and to this community and how you're working here and how God's using you in my life and how God's using you in the lives of others. But then there are those other times, right? Those times when it isn't quite as easy upon the potter's wheel. Those times when we're perhaps not as malleable as we need to be. And we feel the pressure. We feel the the squeezing of the hands on us. And that's when we see in in Jeremiah 18 verse 4 that God actually says, do you remember? He says, the jar he was making did not turn out as he had hoped, so he crushed it 
into a lump of clay and started again and then said to them, Do you not see that uh, I am the potter and that you're the clay? You know, sometimes God puts us up on the potter's wheel and we feel the pressure. We feel the, the squeezing that God's doing. And everything in us wants to just react, to argue. But in those moments, if we trust God, we know He's got our best intentions in mind. It leads me to kind of this second point this morning, the other thing I want to share with you. And that is this. The potter has a right to mold the clay however he wishes. And the clay has no choice but to trust. You know, when the potter puts you up on the wheel, it's not like he works it on you a little while and he says, ah, you know what, that's close enough. (laughs) I I think I'll just let this one go. God is determined to make you into a masterpiece. And he's not willing to stop until he gets there. You know, It would be nice if we were like the clay in this story in Jeremiah. You know, this this clay wasn't talking back to the potter. He wasn't saying like, hey, that hurts. That, man, could you do that a different way, right? But that's what, so oftentimes that's what we do with our relationship with God, right? God's spinning that wheel and he's forming us. And then there comes that point when he finds that tender spot or that spot that's a little bit too hard and he starts to mold and shape and then we start reacting. And we're like, hey, God, what are you doing? Are you asleep at the wheel here or something? But praying mold me means accepting the molding process without arguing or fighting back. That's what we see in verse 6 here. That's what God's talking about. And you know, centuries later, God spoke to this again. When he was talking to some Christians living in Rome in the first century, he said this to them. I think this is a powerful message to you and me today. God said, Who are you, a mere human being, to argue with God? Should the thing that is created say to the one who created it, Why have you made me like this? When a potter makes jars out of clay, doesn't he have a right to use the same lump of clay to make one for decoration and the other to throw garbage into? Wow. That's a hard one to hear, isn't it? But what he's saying, in other words, is God has different purposes for each of our lives. And that means he's going to mold you a little bit differently than he molds everyone else. God's not picking on you. He knows exactly what he wants. He has an image in mind of you, and he wants to make you into that masterpiece. And so Isaiah says, you know what? It's foolish. It's foolish to spend time arguing with the potter. You know what, maybe, maybe what I'm sharing with, with you today, maybe this is specifically for you today. How has God been forming you lately? Think about that for a moment. How has God been forming you lately? How has it been painful? Listen, the, the good God who formed the universe out of nothing hasn't fallen asleep at the wheel with you. He's still molding, he's still shaping, he's still guiding, even in the darkest times, even in the darkest areas of our lives. He's absolutely free to do it his way. And while he's not careless in how he handles us, we, he needs us to stay malleable in his hands. And it's always easier to be molded than it is to be broken, right? But when we become hardened, God's left with no other choice. But the good news is that even when those times come and God has to break us, God promises that he will never destroy us 
and he will never cast us aside. There's this beautiful verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that says this. It says, but we have this treasure in jars of clay to show this all-surpassing power that is from God and not from us. And then it says, we are hard-pressed on every side as the potter does his work, but we're not crushed. We're perplexed, but we're not in despair. We're persecuted, but we're not abandoned. We're not cast aside. We're struck down at times, but we're not destroyed. Sometimes it feels like God is destroying us or casting us aside, but listen to me, He never does. He never does. You know, recently I was, I was hearing the story of someone here at Grace who was telling me how there was a time in her life when she was so scared because she thought God was literally destroying her. You see, this lady had cheated on her husband about 25 years prior. And she carried that secret with her all of those years when God made it clear to her to tell her husband about what she had done. And she said in that moment to God, God, there's no way I can do that. God, I can't. God, if I do that, I'm going to lose everything. I'm going to lose my husband. I'm going to lose my kids. My life will be full of shame. But in that moment, she felt God's hands constrict more and more and smashing that clay vessel down. And she realized that God was wanting to make something far more beautiful than what she had ever experienced before. She said, I was so scared when God said to confess. I clearly heard him and I knew I had to do it. I was forgiven and my marriage was made stronger than ever. Here's the deal. When the potter is molding us, we have no other choice but to trust. The longer we argue, the longer we fight, the longer it takes for God to mold us into the masterpiece that he has in mind. You remember the lady I was telling you about a little bit earlier? The lady who, was, who found herself in a courtroom experiencing uh, this divorce and also looking down at herself and just feeling like God was saying, I want to do a work in you. Well, she left that courtroom that day and she decided, God, you can do with me whatever you want. I, I'm done trying to call shots in my life. And so she's at, one of the first things that she did is she started dieting and exercising. She says, I'm going to do something about this body because God has given me this body as a temple and I want to honor God with it. And she started dieting and exercising and before you knew it, she had lost six gene sizes. And the high blood pressure medication that she was told she would be on for the rest of her life, her doctor said, you know what? You don't need that anymore. You're fine. She moved across the country by herself to Tucson, Arizona to start a new job and a brand new life here. And she says, God has blessed me over and over and over again because I was obedient to that simple request to say, God, mold me. You know, God has shown a very simple but a very clear picture today to you and me. It's this picture of you as a lump of clay on the potter's wheel. What if, what if instead of fighting back and arguing with God, you simply raised your hands and said, okay, God, I surrender. God, mold me. Do with me whatever you want. I'm not going to resist. I'm not going to argue. I'm not going to fight back. I trust you. I know that you are creating a masterpiece. And I'm willing to submit. To the process. What if 
you kept yourself so malleable in God's hands and you trusted God with what he wanted to do. I mean, just think of what God could do with your life if you took that prayer seriously. Yeah, you can keep fighting God in this process, but what good do you think that is really going to do you in the end? You can also think, that, you know, you, maybe you're thinking today, you know what, I, I really don't need this. I really don't need to pray this prayer. I'm good enough. That is not what the potter says. You can also pray, you know what, God, you should pay attention to him. You should mold him, mold her. She's really the piece of work. God, if you could do a lot with her. Or you could pray, you know what, God? It's not about them. It's about you and me. God, mold me. Break me if you need to. If you find that my heart is hard, you have full permission to break me, to mold, remold me into the vessel that you want me to be. God, I want to know you fully. I want to serve you faithfully. God, I want to be a beautiful clay pot because I trust you. So do whatever it takes. I want you to turn me into a masterpiece. Let me ask you this morning, are you truly willing to pray that this week? Are you truly willing, even if it means just falling on your knees before God and saying, God, I surrender. God, there have been times in my life, even now, when I have been bulldog determined to do things my way. God, forgive me for those moments when I have just pushed back at you and I've argued with you and I've tried to explain to you how you're making all these mistakes, God. God, I surrender. This morning, it is my heart's desire that you will not only just breathe that you won't just say these words but that you will mean them from the depths of your being because i know guys i know if you take this simple prayer seriously god is going to do a work in your life he you're giving him permission to do a work that is far beyond anything you can understand right now and really it all comes down to trust doesn't it it comes down to that simple idea, do I trust God with my life? Would you pray with me?